Um, tonight, I want to um, speak with you about the elections. And uh, I, would in, I would expect there's probably some that have been waiting to see if I'm going to say anything about it. And I know that Wednesday night has been established and slated, started out with uh, understanding what the Lord wants us to know about the last days. Kind of morphed into what I really think it's about is preparing the saints for the Lord's coming. And honest to goodness, anything and everything we do here is preparing you for the Lord's coming, right? Now, I want you to know that for those of you who've been like, well, when are we going to get back to the, the end times and the rapture and all that other stuff? We're going we're gonna to get there. Uh, we are. And maybe, who knows, we'll see. Maybe even next week. Uh, but for now, uh, I've actually titled what I want to do tonight, uh, The Elections 2020. I have some things that I want to say about it. Uh, I also got um, a letter from Pastor Barclay. Actually, he sent me a copy of the letter that he wrote for his church. And it was pretty profound and, and quite a blessing to me. And uh, I felt very strongly that I also wanted to bring that uh, to our church. And uh, I also have a, uh, a prayer assignment. There's going to be five different people that are going to come up tonight and offer prayer. So tonight is, if you will, an exhortation slash prayer meeting. Thank you for your enthusiasm. That's usually the case when, when we hear about prayer meetings. Oh man. So um, I believe that it'll be a blessing to you. And then I have a special prayer assignment for us all uh, at the end of this. Okay, so there's kind of a synopsis of what's going on. Are you ready? All right. Well, in all of the uh, uncertainty and unrest, and <laughs> there has been more than our fair share of that, right? In all of the political bickering and fighting, <clears throat> there's been so much of it, in fact, that Diane can no longer stand to hear the news on the TV because of all the bickering and fighting. And in all of this, I know and you know that there are times that it is hard to know how to find rest, to know how to find peace of mind. I've even had my moments in it in going, okay, what do I do now, Lord? Because my peace of mind isn't just based on how I personally feel, just in myself, but it's also about how my bride feels, my family feels, and then I have on top of that, and this is not complaining at all. I mean, I I chose this course of life, but also how to lead the church to places of peace and places of rest, because that's my assignment as a shepherd of a flock, is to lead you beside still waters, okay? And so, uh, through the help of the Holy Spirit, I will continue to try to do that. Um, you can't, we can't stick our, our heads in the sand and not recognize the the trouble, the unrest, and everything else. We have to address it. We have to talk about it. We have to understand what it means. And we, know, and we also need to know how to process it correctly and, uh, and process it spiritually. And that's very, very important. In, in the things that are going on around us, it's very easy to begin to become more dictated by the flesh than dictated by the Spirit. And we're supposed to walk in the Spirit, Correct. And see that way as well, which means we should think and act based on the Spirit. And I suppose in some ways that's kind of the problem because our Spirit, our Spirit, not the Spirit, the, the Spirit knows everything, but our Spirit sometimes doesn't know how to find balance. You, are you with me? Am I the only one? Okay, I think you just nod your head or something. But um, so there's, and, and to top all that off, there's so many conflicting news messages, so many conflicting Facebook posts. Oh, I hate that. I am more against Facebook personally. I, I don't begrudge anybody else for having it in these days than I have ever been because of the vitriol and hatred and accusatory statements that somehow are being uploaded with the intent, I really don't want to cause anybody any pain. I really don't want to try to start a fight, but 
just trying to bait you in. Come on, you all know what I'm talking about. And I almost fell for it just because I had a moment of weakness and one day decided, ah, I'm going to go to Facebook and see what's going on. Oh, what a mistake. And so uh, that's just me. I'm not preaching that you should feel convicted about being in face- Facebook, but maybe you should feel convicted if you're using it more to spew your unrest and your trouble than to be a light and to be salt. Amen? Thank you for your enthusiasm. And then there's all the social networking blogs. This person that has these statements to, to write down, whether it's Glenn Beck or, or, or any of the others that there are out there, and you're listening to all the different things, and you're like, okay, how much of this is true? What's, you know, I, we're in a place right now where we're not even sure to know what is true. And you know what happens when we're unsure about what is truth? We establish what we believe to be our own truth. Don't you know that's dangerous outside of this? That's dangerous outside of this. Uh, so really, I'm so thankful that you, where's Bill at? I saw him a minute ago, oh, right there, uh, that you sang that song because part of what I have written right here is, is really because of all the stuff I'm talking about right now, there's a lot of people whose faith has been shaken. So when you sang that part, we, we will not be shaken. I went, oh yeah, we need to confess that and because we will not be shaken, right? Because we know that God is still on the throne. Can I get a witness from somebody? See, we have to remember that in all of this mess and muddle and, and fog, uh, we have to remember who our God is, who we serve, and who is still on the throne. Um, you have to be serious, and I know that you are serious about being prepared for the coming of the Lord, and you have to be serious about it regardless of the circumstance. Um, our Wednesday night crowd, whether here physically or whether connecting online, the fact that you're doing so on a Wednesday night under the premise of this subject, preparing the saints for the Lord's coming, you have a better chance of being prepared for the Lord's coming than those who are choosing not to hear what's happening in the midweek service. So praise God. There's a real good chance that means that you're not going to get caught off guard by any of this might have times when the ground you're standing on feels a little wobbly and unstable, but you're not going to get caught off guard. You know, you're children of the light. Jeremiah chapter 9, verse uh, 23 and 24, and some of the texts we're going to have up here, uh, I believe, right? We got them up there? Are we, are, we, are we set for that? Huh? Probably not? That's always the answer that I want to hear, so... <laughs> Never mind, we can uh, have everybody learn to navigate their Bible tonight. That's just fine. You don't need to worry about it. Go ahead and just do what you're doing. But Jeremiah chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, if you have your Bibles, you can turn uh, to that passage of Scripture. Um, I sent one. I sent you an email just so you know in case you need to cut and paste and do it, but whatever, I'm not, I'm not worried about it. Here's what it says, uh, Jeremiah chapter 9, verse 23, 24. This is what the Lord says. Let no wise man boast of his wisdom, nor let the mighty man boast of his might, nor a rich man boast of his riches, but let the one who boasts boast of this, that he understands and knows me that I am the Lord. I said that I am the Lord. Not talking about me, but I'm talking about Jehovah God, our Lord Jesus. I am the Lord who exercises mercy, exercises justice, exercises righteousness on the earth, Okay, come on, y'all. He's the one. And we need to, we, we don't boast in our knowledge. We don't boast in our strength. We don't boast in our stuff. We boast in the Lord because we recognize that he's still on the throne. Okay? Our faith, uh, uh, surprising maybe to some of you, but our faith does not rely upon Donald Trump. Nor does it rely upon Joe Biden. Okay? Uh, It doesn't rely on the Democratic Party platform, and it doesn't rely on the Republican Party platform. Our faith relies where? In the ruler of rulers, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, and the holy word of God. That's where everything that we are as Christians, that's where it relies. But in this setting that we're in right now, it's really becoming um, man-oriented, so focused on what men are doing that we forget about who's actually 
on the throne. And we need to reach, realign our focus to know that. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, for this reason I also suffer these things, nevertheless, nevertheless I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed and, and am persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed until that day. Now, I find that interesting because in uh, at least the New King James Version, day is capitalized. That's talking about the day of the Lord. Okay? So, I don't, are you persuaded? Are you persuaded in whom you believe? Are you persuaded about that? Or is it a wobbly, waffling, uncertain thing about where you stand and what you believe? We need to be able to say, as, as the Apostle Paul wrote to his spiritual son, Timothy, I know whom I have believed, and I am fully persuaded that he is able to keep what I have committed to him all the way to the day of the Lord. That's a good word, okay? So we have to remember that even though the person who occupies the White House may change, maybe not, we don't know, but it may change, guess what? The one who occupies the throne never changes, so get your eyes off the White House and the person who's sitting in the White House or occupying the White House and get your heart and your attention upon the heavenlies and be heavenly minded and keep your focus on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who is sitting on the throne of God today. Can you say amen? It always seems easier when it comes to praying to pray for someone who is our preferred candidate. Uh, whether that's, you know, Donald Trump or Joe Biden. And it becomes, or at least in some ways, seems more difficult to pray for the one that we don't have as a preferred candidate. And quite frankly, that's an imbalance. That's a Christian imbalance that shouldn't be said of us that I will pray more heartily for one than the other. And I appreciate your enthusiasm I'm getting all kinds of amens online. I can't hear them, but I know that I am. You see, when the rubber hit meets the road, when the person is not the one that we supported, we should still be praying for that person. Whether, that, whether that's the person we prayed for or fasted for or hoped for or voted for, we should still be praying for that person. The Apostle Paul did not leave us any wiggle room on this, Okay? You do not have a Christian right to pray negative things over Joe Biden if Donald Trump was your candidate. Maybe, still is. Who knows? Right? Um, he didn't give us, uh, the Apostle Paul didn't give us any wiggle room uh, on our stand about praying. He said that there, in his time it was to be an equal prayer of the saints of God for the uh, Christian-friendly Constantine as it was for the e evil emperor Nehru. Still supposed to be praying heartily for each one of them. Okay, We don't pray judgment on one and blessings on the other. That's not ours. Who is the one who executes mercy and justice? It's God. We just read it a few minutes ago. He's the one who does that, not us. 1 Timothy, uh, you can turn there if you want, uh, chapter 2. Uh, I said that the Apostle Paul didn't give us any wiggle room about that as Christians. Here's what the Apostle Paul says. And I want you to also notice what's not there. Okay? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you a, a hint. I may read it wrong just to see if you can catch it. First of all, First of all, then, I, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of the people that you believe in and trust in and want. That's not what it says, right? What does it say? All. Uh, for kings that you like. For kings that have your same worldview and biblical view. No, it didn't say that, did it? In fact, I think it's interesting that it didn't say, uh, first of all, then I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for godly kings, for uh, Christian kings. It didn't say that, did it? 
Did, is the, the all-inclusive word still applied to kings here that we pray uh, that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men for kings implied all kings and all who are in authority? When's the last time you prayed something good for Nancy Pelosi? Oh, I hit the rubber hit the road right there, didn't it? Huh? The rubber hit the road right there, didn't it? Is she still one of God's creation? Are you better than her just because you have a different worldview and point of view? Do I agree with her? Heavens to Murgatroyd, no! Should we still pray for her? Absolutely. According to the scripture, there's no wiggle room here. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers and petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men for kings and all who are in authority so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. It said nothing about their godliness and dignity, did it? It's not there. Nothing there about their godliness or lack thereof, their dignity or lack thereof. It says we're to pray for all of them with entreaties, prayers, petitions, and thanksgivings. Why? So that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Listen, beloved. If we don't pray for the side of the aisle that we disagree with, then we will not be able to have the promise of leading a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. Okay, there's, there's, I'm going to get into it a little deeper in a bit, and I don't mean to scare anybody, but there's a good chance, should this all come down and the person who's actually uh, in the White House is Donald Trump, and there's a good chance that the church may be in trouble. So you want to live in tranquility, in a quiet life, in all godliness and dignity, you better pray for those you don't agree with. Are we supposed to just love our neighbor and not love our enemy? You see, we, we go outside of what we're supposed to be as Christians when we forget to pray for those that we might call our enemies. Yeah, I know it's not the most exciting message in the world. But first of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgiving be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, so that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I don't want to live four years as a Christian, a believer, and a church having to duck mortar over the bow. I don't want to have to duck the bullets of the left. I want to live a nice quiet life, a tranquil life in all godliness and dignity. And guess what? This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. This is the will of the Lord who desires all men to be saved and come to the knowledge of the truth. Our Christian walk, you want to know my stand in the elections and where we're at right now and as a pastor, and trust me, my wife can tell you, I have had a great deal of travail over, ask, over the, or for finding my balance in this. More so in how to lead the church to have balance as well. We are supposed to be peacemakers and peacekeepers, not warlike activists. Now, when they come, excuse me, if they come and say, you, can, you can't preach the name of Jesus, oh, yeah, we're, that's the line in the sand, isn't it? Right. It's happening in China like crazy right now. They're closing down churches and turning them into factories so that people, closing down church buildings so, and turning them into factories so people can't even worship. They're changing the Bible 
to be more about the motherland and anything in the Bible that defers or takes distracts from the motherland, they're literally deleting it and adding other things in there. We should be thankful that we're not under the oppression by a government like the Chinese church is today. You'd be shocked to find out the things that are going on. So we serve a God, I serve a God at least, who's still on the throne, and I know that, and I believe that, and I'm good with that, and I'll proclaim that, and I'll have faith in that. And guess what? He's still reigning over every inch of the universe, every inch of it. And that same God loves you, loves me. He's never going to leave you. He's never going to leave me. We should be able to, even in the midst of trouble, drink from still waters. Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 8. You can make some notes, write them down. I'm not going to spend, I'm not going to take too much time unless my man, oh, he's already got him up there. Good man. The Lord, he is the one who goes before you. He will be with you. He will not leave you, nor will he forsake you. So do not fear and do not be dismayed. If any one of us are in fear and in dismay, then we have forgotten who's on the throne and who is with us and who is for us. Can I get a better amen from this quiet, dying church today? Okay. Now, I said to you that um, I received a letter from Pastor Barclay that he had written to his church. And I really felt compelled to read it to this church. And there will be some places where I'll put our name in there versus the name that he put for his living word. It would be Resurrection Life Church instead of living word. He's my spiritual father, so I know that I have the liberty to do this. Some of this is not good news, okay? But we need to be, everything that I've said so far still stands. God is on the throne, okay? We need to be people of peace. We need to be people of love. That is really the under girding of everything that we do is about love. We're not to hate Joe Biden or Nancy Pelosi or, or Chuck Schumer or any of those that probably, if we're honest, we look at the, t at the TV and see them on the TV and detest what we're seeing. And that's Christian? That's so worldly and earthly. All right, let me get to the letter, shall I? Starts off, he, said, he has in bold print the elections. And I'm going to just do my best to stay on course. I may give commentary here and there. If Mr. Trump somehow pulls this off, things will be as they have been. Only the liberals will fight even harder. There will be even worse protest and rioting in the streets. And Mr. Trump will be even more aggressive and bold during his second term. Uh, if he does win, and I'm just making a comment, he won't ever end up being one of those presidents that they call a lame duck president because he couldn't do anything. Oh, no, no, no. He will be even more emboldened because they didn't do anything but try to absolutely knock him out for the first three years, okay? Oh, he'll be, a, he'll be crazy, man. I think it's kind of cool. Crazy president, yeah probably packing for all we know. Uh, if Mr. Biden becomes president, he will pretty much do what he said he would do. He will raise taxes extremely high. Now, again, let me pause. I'm not making a political statement. I am reading a letter that my pastor wrote to his congregation. Okay? So this isn't coming from a political viewpoint, coming from a pastoral viewpoint. If Mr. Biden becomes president, he will pretty much do what he said he would do. He will raise taxes extremely high. He will do his best to go green, which means he will fight against fossil fuel fracking, etc. The environmentalists environmentalist and the green people will feel emboldened and really push their agenda, and they will probably pack the Supreme Court. Most likely, the church will come under attack in more than one way, and we will have to really go to war spiritually. Let me pause. I heard, I think it was Glenn Beck said the other day, and I, I went to listen to his blog on uh, YouTube because of the, the uh, 
the title of his YouTube, and here was the title. The days of easy Christianity are at an end. That, to me, was a compelling title. And it's exactly what I've been teaching us on Wednesday night, isn't it? So most likely the church will come under attack in more way, more ways than in more than one way, and we will have to really go to war spiritually. It is possible that the church in America will pretty much have to go underground. Now some may say, oh no, 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 how can that happen? Listen, I can so see the possibility of that that it is mind-blowing. We already know that it doesn't take much for us to shut down in-person services, okay? And we have the, the glorious blessing of being able to, to live stream on YouTube and live stream on Facebook, but at any moment they can decide that the message that we're giving is opposed to where they stand and they can censor our ability to even do what we're doing in that case in a moment. Anybody who doesn't think that that could happen has got their head in the, and I'm not trying to scare anybody because we stay, we know who sits on the throne, right? That's why I started this whole thing off where I did about keep remembering who's on the throne, y'all. So I'm even in my own mind uh, and prayers, uh, strategizing, thinking about what we do should that happen. How do I continue to give the, the word? How do we do it? So, you know, there's a lot going on. So let me get back to this. He said, it's possible that the church in America will pretty much have to go underground. He says, I'm not exaggerating this. Just look at California, the liberals' prized possession. No matter who the president is, and no matter the global environment, the church has always marched on. Jesus said the gates of hell, evil and antichrist opposition, will not prevail against the church. They will try, hallelujah, but they will fail just as they have failed since the cross. Can I get an amen and a shout from somebody? So I love what my pastor is doing here. He's saying, look, here's the reality in, in the earthen system. Here's, okay, let's put it this way. Here's the facts in the earthen system, but here's the truth in the heavenly system. Okay? I'm going to keep focused on the truth in the heavenly system than to allow my spirit to be taken down because of the facts that are happening in the earthen system. Is everybody with me? You understand what I'm saying? No weapon formed against us will prosper. We have God's word on that. Amen. I can just hear him saying it. They can make the weapon look like it's working, and they can launch the weapon, but it will not be an asset to them. A reminder that the Lord neither chooses. Now, this one kind of put me on tilt a little bit. I had to really look into this one. But he's my pastor, so I went, okay, I'll check it out. A reminder that the Lord neither chooses nor endorses a king. Now, just that statement alone goes a little bit against the grain because we have the scripture that says every authority is based by God. Then he goes on to say, the heart of the king used to be in the hand of the Lord when prophets appointed the king over God's people. And biblically, this was never true for pagan nations. And honestly, it's not true in America either. And as I thought about that, I went, you know what? He's right. He, it, it, it was a blessing of the kings that were placed over the people of Israel, but not true of the pagan nations in the Old Testament. And honestly, it's hard to say that America today is the Christian nation that it was intended to be when it was founded. It is very much a pagan nation. So what's he say? I'll read that part again. This was never true for pagan nations, and honestly, it's not true for America. It's up to us. It's up to us. See, the days of easy Christianity are at an end. That scares some people, but if you keep your focus on who's on the throne and who's walking on the stormy water with you, you'll be all right. If the news is messing with you, do like Diane says and, say, and shut it off. All right, because it's just taking you down. Well, I need to be informed. No, you're just feeding the negative monster. 
If you can't find a balance in it, and it's doing nothing but causing fear and uncertainty, you should not be letting it be inputted and downloaded into your being. Okay? All right, let me keep going. So my last thing was that he wrote, it's up to us. Even though the days of Christianity are going to be more difficult, it's time, I sang it last week, it's time for the church to rise up out of the ashes, amen? But first, what must it do? Fall to its knees in repentance. I'll go ahead. Because America is so in love with perversion, sexual perversion, abortion and killing babies, living any way they want to with no correction and getting everything for free, we are reaping the consequences. The seeker, oh heavens, the seeker-sensitive church has totally failed us. Between the modernist Christians, the sinning pastors who have lost their way, and the fake placebo churches mixed with high schools and universities teaching our children liberalism and socialism, we are reaping as a nation the consequences. We know there is a pandemic. We must pray and bind COVID, the disease, and command it to die and get it out of our land. But with this virus came a demon out of China that is trying to make American cities and the American church identical to communist China. We must cast this demon down and dethrone it before it rules another state in our country. That being said, he handed off five prayer points. And I got some people that are picked to help us out. I said we're going to have a prayer meeting, exhortation slash prayer meeting slash exhortation slash encouragement slash whatever it may be, right? And Deanna is going to be first up. Dan, I'll just have you come up here, and I'll, the cameras are static, so that means that there's no one manning them, and that's, that's cool. Come on up, yeah. And uh, I'm using the other camera, I mean the other microphone. It looks like the battery's just fine. Uh, I'm gonna, she's going to share as well, but I'm going to share her subject matter. And this is the prayer points that, that Pastor Barkley has sent. And I saw them, and I went, I've just, you know, my pastor is leading this in his congregation, and I really felt compelled that this is how I want to lead our congregation as well. Here's prayer point number one, and again, even though I'm reading that first part, if you, if you wish, you can certainly repeat it. That's not a problem. And here's her subject matter, and ours to agree with her, okay? Expose and hold accountable those who practice the seven things God hates and says are detestable to him. According to Proverbs 6, 16 through 17, there are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, i.e. abortion, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, a person who stirs up conflict in the community, and she's going to be praying here for a few minutes, however she feels, about exposing and holding accountable those who practice the seven things that God hates. Lead us in prayer. Yes, read that one and then pray from your heart. Okay. Heavenly Father, we humbly ask that you, that in the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, and Nevada, Please silence every lying tongue and convict the hearts of those who devise wicked plans intended to invalidate the, and nullify the expressed will of the voters. Stop those who would be quick to rush into evil. Expose and silence every false witness who utters lies and operates in deceits. Throughout the efforts of every person who attempts to stir conflict within their community. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you are the way, the truth, the life. You are the only truth and the way. Father, I take a stand against deception trying to take root in this situation. I bind deception lies right now in Jesus' name. 
I cursed every temp of evil of the evil one to get people to buy into those lies. I refuse, Father God, to be tempted to believe any lies that are wrapped up in truth or do not line up with your word. We declare to walk in love at all times because love conquers all. Your love is our defense against any deception. I ask, Lord, when the people hear those lies, they will be quick to recognize that that is a lie. We look to you and your word for guidance and confirmation. I ask that every veil be removed from our eyes, that we will not be blinded by opinions or ideas of the world, but we will know your voice. Lord, help us to get back on track with your truth. Your word says you set the captives free, and I declare that we are free from deception in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. <laughs> you can believe it and receive it. Say amen. Outstanding. Praise God. Man, I don't know if you can feel it, but man, the spirit of the Lord is heavy up here on this platform. If you can't feel it, just come up here and sit. Prayer point number two is going to be Sharon. Sharon, come on up. And once again, I'll do the same thing and kind of explain to everybody, and you can certainly reread it if you choose. Uh, Her subject matter is expose all wickedness intended to steal, kill, and destroy the electoral process in the battleground states. I'm going to say that again. Her subject matter is to expose all wickedness intended to steal, kill, and destroy the electoral process in the battleground states. Heavenly Father, we humbly ask that in the battleground of the states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, and Nevada, that you reveal deep and hidden things. You know what lies in darkness and light dwells in you. Daniel 22.22 says, Please bring the light and expose every light, deceit, deception, misrepresentation, and illegal act intended to steal, kill, and destroy the electoral process and the expressed will of the citizens of these United States of America. John 10.10 You, Lord God, are God of the heavens and God of the earth, sitting on your throne of judgment in the high courts of heaven. You, Lord, execute righteousness and justice, ruler over all, and God of angelic armies who fight against our enemies and avenge us of our adversaries. There is no Lord, no Savior, no God like you. Amen. Heavenly Father, we lift prayers to you asking that your spirit will intervene for us and send forth an outpouring of your Holy Spirit. Father, thank you that your word will not return void, but shall accomplish everything that it sent forth to perform in our nation. We loose your blessings on our election process. We decree that every stronghold of the enemy has fallen and is no more. We evict demonic spirits who interfere in our nation's elections and declare that the works of the kingdom of darkness are destroyed in Jesus' name. We render every assignment of the enemy against our nation null and void, powerless and ineffective. We declare that heavenly angels have been given charge over our nation to protect, guard, and defend it in Jesus' name. Father, execute your vengeance against the enemy speedily and bring to this country a recompense that is due it. We release your anointing, love, joy, peace, truth, wisdom, righteousness, faith, holiness, your word, and the blood of Jesus to saturate our country. We ask that and receive this by faith, and we decree that this country is blessed and restored to God's divine order, justice, and authority in Jesus' name. Restore our land in which we dwell. Return to us everything the devil has stolen from us, and bring forth every good thing that has been delayed. Bring it forth now in this season, Lord. We decree your vengeance upon every agent of the kingdom of darkness that is resisting the revival and restoration of this country. 
Now, Lord, we call upon you to dismantle everything that is out of line with heaven's government over our nation. Hear our cry, O Lord. Be gracious and hearken to us. Restore justice. Bring your righteous judgment to this nation. Bring your righteous judgment upon our adversary and against all that he is doing to steal, kill, and destroy us, your people. Because of your great love toward us and your love for justice, you forsake not this country, but you come to our aid and uphold justice as you rule upon your throne in heaven. Lord, we thank you that your eyes are upon this country and your ears are open to our prayers. Now is the set time of your favor. The enemy has been opposing your people and our country. He is resisting us, but we resist him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he must flee from us and our nation. In your great name, O Lord, we pray and confess it. The enemy is defeated. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Give the Lord a praise. Uh, Diane's going to do number three, and... I think it's pretty incredible, you know, she said so many things in her prayer that were things that I said in my introduction. <laughs> you wrote that this morning, it was like crazy. Um, Diane's subject matter is to frustrate those. Remember the first one that Sharon just did was to expose all wickedness intended to steal. Diane's is frustrate those who seek to steal, kill, and destroy the electoral integrity and authentic, accurate vote counts in the battleground states. Heavenly Father, please frustrate the plotting of the shrewd so that their hands cannot perform their enterprise or attain success. May no weapon formed intended to steal, kill, and destroy the authentic, accurate vote count and expressed will of the people in the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, and Nevada be allowed to prosper, Isaiah 54, 17. Father, we come before you now, Father, and we proclaim that you are God and there is no other. Father, we depend upon you. We lean upon you, Father. We are, our hope is found in you. And so we just uh, come before you tonight, Father, and we ask for your help in these situations. Father, you said in your word that we can be sure that our sin will find us out, Father. And so we just pray, Father, that those, Father, that maybe uh, involved in um, uh, actions that are not integral, Father, that those, those things would be exposed. Father, I pray always for repentance, Father, that those in positions of authority, Father, would use their authority and their platforms for good and not for evil. And that, Father, any evil that is exposed, Father, that you would cause the a heart of repentance, Father, to be found there. But, Lord God, if there be no repentance, Father, then we ask for a removal from those platforms and those positions of power, Father. We plead the blood of the Lamb, Father, over this land. We thank you, Jesus, that you died to set us free from, the, from sin, from tyranny, from evil advances of the enemy. Father, I prayed uh, again and again and again, Father, that you would deliver us from evil. And so, Father, we ask right now, just as you did in days of old, that you would frustrate the efforts of those, Father, that are bent on deception and, and deceit. Father, we pray, Father, that those attempts would come to nothing, that they would be exposed, Father, that there would be repentance, Father. And, and Father, there would be removal, Father, if there is no heart change. Father, we pray, Lord God, that your will would be accomplished, not the will of, of man, Father, but to, that your will would be done. Father, we are your people, and we depend upon you. We call upon you now, and we ask for you to hear our prayers. Father, by the power of your Holy Spirit, we pull down strongholds, Father, that have taken root in our government, in our nation. We come against those things with the blood of the Lamb. 
We thank you, Jesus, that you've defeated death and the devil, that you've given us victory in, in, in every way, in high places, Father, that victory is found. And so, Lord God, we just praise you and we thank you that you hear our prayers tonight. We pray, Father, that that as Jesus Christ defeated death and the, and the devil, Father, that this enemy, Father, would be stopped in the name of Jesus. We praise you and we thank you for that, what you're going to do, Father. And our trust is in you. Our trust is not in uh, a man or a woman, Father. We'll make no idol out of our government officials, Father God, but we will depend upon you completely. And in you, we know that we can trust. In God, we trust. And we, we, uh, we're thankful, Father, and, and we, we praise you. And we are not afraid, Father, in that position of trust and dependence upon you. Father, we, you've called us to be a peaceful people. Father, but we will not just um, sit down, Father God, and, and, and let those with evil intent run over us, Father, and take control of that which you've given to the children of God. So we use the authority that you've given us. We bind strongholds in the name of Jesus. We bind the enemy of this nation. We bind that, those evil spirits, Father, that are bent on murder, deceit, deception, destruction, pain, suffering. Father, we bind those demons and command them to go in Jesus' holy name. We praise you and we thank you that you filled us with your spirit. Father, you didn't leave us alone. You haven't abandoned us, Father, but that you're with us always. And by your spirit, Father, we have power living on the inside of us, Father. We use that power, Father, to speak your truth, to, uh, to proclaim your word, Father God, to to um, be the, the, um, do the, the spiritual warfare, Father, that needs to be done now. So we take that authority, Father, and we wield it uh, for your kingdom, Father. We command um, those enemies, Father, to be broken in Jesus' name. And we thank you, Father God, that you've called us to peace. You've called us to, to victory in Jesus Christ. We pray, amen. Praise God. Awesome. Bill, you've got uh, your number four. And uh, Bill's subject matter is frustrate and thwart the plans of those who attempt to sabotage the, state, the state's election laws and subvert the expressed will of the people. I'm going to say that again. Frustrate and thwart the plans of those who attempt to sabotage the state's election laws and subvert the expressed will of the people. Heavenly Father, please capture the wise by their own shrewdness and quickly thwart the advice of the cunning, says Job 5.12, whose intention is to sabotage and subvert state and federal election law and the expressed will of the people in the battleground states of Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, Georgia, North Carolina, Arizona, and Nevada. Hold them guilty, O Lord. By their own devices, let them fall. Psalm 510. In the name of Jesus, Father God, we just, we just offer this prayer up to you tonight, Father. Lord, let those things that are not be as though they were. Father God, we remove all things from the throne. We remove President Trump from the throne that we have put him there. We remove Joe Biden from the throne that we've put him there. Father, we just wipe the slate clean tonight in your name. Father, we invite you back on the throne. You are the ultimate. You are the one that has the situation under control, Father, because we do not. The fear that tries to rise up in us, Father God, we know that is not of you. That is of the enemy. Father, we just cast that down in your name right now. Lord, I'm just reminded of the bridge of that song that we sung. I am standing on the rock. I am standing in your love. I am standing on the rock. My firm foundation. 
my firm foundation. Father, we just give you praise and glory tonight, Father. Have your will, Lord Jesus. Have your will in the situation. And we just give you the praise and the glory in advance, Father. For we don't know the outcome, but you do, Lord Jesus. We give you the praise and the glory for that. In Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. Awesome. Awesome. We have one more uh, prayer point, and uh, Brother Chuck has been picked to uh, do that for us. So come on up here, Chuck. And his um, subject matter will be a Psalm 5 prayer for protection and favor for President Trump. Again, that's a Psalm 5 protection and favor for President Trump. Psalm 5. Go ahead and turn there. It's on page 638. <laughs> Give ear to my words, O Lord. Consider my sighing. Listen to my cry for help, my King and my God. For to you I pray. In the morning, O Lord, you hear my voice. In the morning, I lay my requests before you and wait in expectation. I'm going to stop there, but you can read on. Heavenly Father, we just pray that you would bless President Trump. O Lord, surround him with favor as with a shield. Heavenly Father, Please give supernatural wisdom, strength, and discernment to the president and his advisors regarding how to navigate the road ahead. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this. Amen. Father God, you are not a God who takes pleasure in evil. That is not you, Lord God. You are the God who reaches out to give life and to give peace. But you are also the God who will not embrace evil, who will not embrace sin. There is right and there is wrong, and your words have declared this, O Lord. And Father, as we go forth, the world tells us now that's a gray line. But you declare in your word there is no gray. There is black and white. There is truth and there is evil. And we get to declare on which side of the line we stand, whether it be truth or whether it be evil. And I would pray tonight, if anyone is standing on or near the evil line, change today. Because God will not embrace you. He will not accept your sin. Father, we thank you so much for President Trump. Lord, I believe in the last four years, you had a specific mission for this man. And Father, as we go forth, I am unsure in my heart whether you have more mission for him or whether his mission has been accomplished. We know according to your word, Lord, that these days of Jesus' coming are short. And Father, if having President Trump for another term would lengthen that time and mess up your plan, Lord God, I pray that your will be done. I pray, Lord that as we proceed into these perilous days, that your goodness and your mercy sure follow each of us. You said in your word, Lord God, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, that you would hear from heaven and that you would heal our land. Lord God, in September, 
Lord, there was millions of people around the world that took your word at its face value. And I pray, Lord God, that those hearts have not changed in the, between the time of September 29th and now, that those, those hearts are steadfast, Lord God, that you hear the prayers of your servants, of your people. And we praise you, Lord God, and we give you glory. Thy will be done in Jesus' name. Amen. It's yours. Okay. Awesome. Wow. All right, I'm going to pick up, uh, continue the letter. All right? He put a subtitle on this part of his letter called COVID-19. Are you ready? Everybody all right? All right, good. If Mr. Biden becomes president, it's very possible that he could make an executive order to shut down all churches everywhere. As of right now, we are still having church. Now let me pause for a second. Remember, he is, this letter was written by Pastor Barclay to his congregation. Okay? We're applying it to ourselves. Uh, as of right now, and he writes in bold print, we are still having church with great caution. Because of the recent spike, and because we've had a handful of Living Word Church members now testing positive, as the same happened to us, as a good shepherd, I want to protect all of us, as I do. And, and I want to remind you of some of the precautions and things uh, about attending our church. And everything that he had in here are actually things that we are doing. So I'm just going to, this is a reminder. Sometimes we need a reboot, right? We, we get lazy, we forget, and get comfortable. And again, we have faith and not fear. We have prayer and not panic. We have worship and not worry, right? So please keep that as a focal point. And, and again, as we prayed tonight, remember who's on the throne. Number one, we will continue to sanitize at the doors. We have separated the chairs and would like to remind you that households and immediate families may sit together as a group. Otherwise, there should be a space for at least a couple chairs between you and the next person. Let me pause right there. That's why we're asking you that when you come in, instead of sitting right next to a person, you, you consider them and say, is it all right if I sit right next to you? If they say it's okay, then it's okay. If they say, well, I'm, I'm really not comfortable with that, then just sit two chairs away, okay? Uh, number three, we will do our best to stay separated, and because of the spike, we will continue to seek permission to shake hands, hug, and sit directly next to someone, which is something we're already doing, right? It is, it's not about an executive order. It's not as much about COVID as it is about Preferring others over self. That's a Christian basic. Okay? Uh, number four, we will continue using the giving station for tithes and offerings. Uh, envelopes and clean pens are available. You may request a pack of envelopes to take home to be, be, to be, to be better prepared when you arrive for service. We will continue to encourage online giving when and where possible. I believe that by this Sunday, the giving station will actually be right back there in that corner. Well, not in the corner, but right next to the sound booth over there. And so we're going to pull it inside, and we're setting up another station outside. Uh, number five, we are sanitizing every surface we possibly can between services, anything a human can touch. And that's just to the best of our ability. This was a good one that Dr. Barclay had that we actually never thought of, of suggesting. We ask that you sanitize everything you and your children touch, especially in the restrooms and the common areas. So if you're, if you're here with your kids, and you clean up after them a little bit, right? You can assist in the effectiveness of this by being mindful of not touching any surface. You don't have to. 
and by not touching your own face. Now, those of you who might be like, whoa, 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 we're getting off on the deep end of being fearful about this. No, listen, these are good practicalities because I'm telling you the enemy is after the church, all right? And now, granted, the, the enemy's not going to win over the church, but he could very well, once again, shut the church down. And should it ever happen that they censor what we're trying to do online, you know, we got a whole nother think to think about. So everything that we can do to be, to not allow Resurrection Life Church to be a COVID sprouting ground, okay? Those of you who think that COVID is a hoax, you are blind. It is real. It is real, okay? Diane and I have lived it. We've had it. We lost mom because of it in days, okay? So we understand that it's real. So everything that we can do to make sure that that I don't want to have anyone be able to say, well, I got COVID at res. Man, they're not doing anything at res. They're not, they're not doing anything to protect us at res. It's just a breeding ground for COVID. We don't want that. So these are simply good wisdom and prudent cautions, okay? So don't get, don't get in fear. Uh, number seven, when you're, uh, work at, when, you're, when you're at work, school, and other public places, or a family member has been exposed Please realize there are guidelines to deal with this. Live as cautiously as you can without living in fear. It's just good wisdom. I love number eight. This is cold and flu season in Michigan. Just take COVID out of the picture. This is, <laughs> this is cold and flu season in Michigan. If you have a minor sniffle, don't exaggerate it and let the situation keep you out of God's house. Ask the Lord to heal you and continue to come worship, pray, and give, and support the church. If you do have active COVID symptoms, do not attend church. Call us, though. Remember, that's another thing I've added in. Call us, because you're supposed to call on the elders of the church so that I may pray with you, and others can pray with you so that you can be healed, right? All right, Pastor Barkley goes on to say, and I'm bringing it to an end. I don't even know what time it is. Uh, through talking with several of my folks here, I just took the clock off the wall. So you're at the mercy of me. <laughs> if we need to take further measures, we will. But the enemy will not steal our church from us. That includes you personally and not just the organization. From the beginning, I have declared over us that we will remain strong and faithful. I've also declared over us all that we are not just Christians when we're at church. We will continue to pray, evangelize, give, and tithe, and keep our church strong no matter where we are. Can you say amen? amen. Now, I'm going to close by giving us all an easy assignment. Doc's doing this. I'm going to join him with it. His church is doing this. We're going to join them with it. It's something very easy that each and every one of us can do. Okay, I got my phone out because the idea is to set your alarm on your phone or watch for 12 noon every day. You might say, well, I'm working. This won't stop you. Working, whatever you may be doing, will not stop you from being able to do this. You're going to do three things. I got my alarm set here at, uh, at 12 noon. I've just got it set up. Uh, perpetually at this point to go off at 12 noon and I called it I titled it COVID prayer because remember in the very beginning of tonight's presentation it was about cursing COVID it was about getting COVID out of here because it's also a spiritual thing that has a physical manifestation all right and greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world let's not forget that so you're going to do the alarm goes off we got to remember you can write this down I'll probably also uh, have Corey maybe send it to everybody via email or something, and, and uh, I'll probably also call, do the mass phone call as well. But you're going to curse the COVID-19 disease to die. You know, you could be anywhere. You could be on the assembly line at work, and your phone goes off, and you go, oh, 12 o'clock, I know what that is. I curse COVID to die. You know, it's not like you automatically have to stop the presses and have a prayer meeting. That's why I said this is really, really easy for all of us to join together to do at 12 noon every day. Number two, you're going to bind the demon that's come out of China and is trying to take our country. 
Number three, it's just three things. You're going to take a moment to pray for everyone who has been affected by this. That's it. What I'm asking you to do, and what I'm asking you to do is to just set an alarm on your phone, your device, or whatever it is, on your watch, whatever it may be, that at 12 noon every day when that alarm goes off, you know that you're going to curse COVID to die. And you're going to bind the demon that's come out of China that's trying to take over our country. And you're going to take a moment to remember in prayer all those who have been affected by this sickness. Can we do this together? Is that too big of a thing to ask us to do? It's really not, is it? Like I said, it's very easy. It's something very believable and achievable we can all put our hands to do. And so I encourage you to do that as well. If you can believe it and receive it, would you give the Lord a praise tonight? Amen. Stand with me and let me dismiss you in prayer. That is our service tonight. Praise God. Before I dismiss, I want to thank all of you for being here. I'm not sure. There looks like maybe 50, 60 people in here, probably more, maybe close to that, if not more, but all you online. I'm not even sure how many people are connected online, but thank you so much for giving us an opportunity to encourage you and to to lift up the name of Jesus Christ and to pray against the evils that are trying to overtake the church and overtake our nation. I want you to know that I call you blessed. I pray that the Lord bless you and keep you, protect you, make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you, that his countenance go before you and that you be strengthened and may you find peace in your heart. In the name of Jesus, amen. I call you blessed.